0: Welcome to another episode of the In the Limelight Podcast. I'm Clarissa Burt, founder of In the Limelight Media, where we enlighten, entertain, and educate our listeners. You are tuned in to Booksmart's Authors on Show with Christy Franci. Enjoy.
1: Hello, and welcome to this episode of Booksmart's Authors on Show, a creation of Clarissa Burt, founder of In the Limelight Media. I am your host, Christina Franci, and today I'm so thrilled to be interviewing Peggy McCall, who is a New York Times bestselling author. She's released 21 books in both fiction and nonfiction categories, and she has books translated into 37 languages and has sold books in close to 100 countries. Wow, Peggy, that is amazing. And what an accomplishment. So many books published all over the world. I mean, I could only imagine. So let the audience know a little bit about who you are, who is Peggy, and how did she get to where she is today?
0: That's such a great question. And thank you. Thank you so much for having me here. You know, I hear you introduce me and I think, wow, you know, it, it's uh, it's hard for me to believe that I have actually released 21 books. Not like it's a big deal because I really don't think that it is But when I think back to where I came from, I got into this, this business of personal development of being interested in that when I was a suicidal teenager, and had no will to live, obviously, and I was dragged kicking and screaming to a seminar that was being delivered by the late and great Bob Proctor. Mm -hmm. And that was in January 1979. So a few years ago now, and it was that night that things really shifted for me. He started talking about being in a prison of your own making and that you can't escape it unless you know you're in one. And Mm -hmm. if you want your life to change, you must change. So I became an addict uh, for personal development.
1: Mm -hmm. I was
0: just wanting to buy every book written and watch every movie and go to every seminar And so in 1994, I incorporated my own company, started doing my own events and seminars and working with people. And then I decided to start writing a book. It wasn't planned to write several, but I wrote one that led to another that led to another. And I really just decided that in the 90s that my purpose is to make a positive and a beneficial contribution to lives of millions. And so I get up every day thinking about how can I serve people today that will help them that will help them live a better life, help them get out of emotional pain, help them go for their dreams, whatever that might be and and so I've been blessed to be in business now for almost 30 years on my own and to be serving people all over the world. So that's kind of like the short version of who no, I am. No, I
1: love a, it. It's very thing. inspiring. No, I love that. So talk a little bit about your recent book that's coming out.
0: You know, I wrote this book called Savvy Wisdom from Beyond, and it it is a fiction book. And Savvy is the name of a character. So I created two main characters. And it started with the original book called Savvy Wisdom that led to a sequel called Savvy Wisdom 2 that led to Savvy Wisdom from Beyond. And the reason why I wrote it is because my mentor, Bob Proctor, died. He passed away unexpectedly on February 3rd last year. And uh and so I had this longing to connect with his spirit. And and I had already written the first two savvy wisdom books, and he loved them. He really loved them. And they were out in the world and doing really well. And and uh so I just thought, well, I can continue the dialogue with savvy or with my savvy Bob Proctor through mm-hmm. spirits. He would say that he said, you know, all you have to do is think of me and I'm there. And and so different things started to occur where messages were being delivered and in, in unusual ways. And I would dream and get advice from him in my dreams. And, wow. so, you know, I just felt this overwhelming um, inspiration to write this book called Savvy Wisdom from Beyond. So it it really is part of the, the trilogy but it really speaks to the importance of understanding death, dying, and grief. Mm -hmm. And uh, because in the book, what happens is, and I won't give it away, it'll be a spoiler alert, but what happens is, of course, her mentor has passed on. So she starts to connect with him in in spirit form, but her mother gets diagnosed with terminal cancer. Mm -hmm. And so he guides her through this entire process because they know she's going to pass away and he guides her through what's going to happen in the afterlife and and also um, like not detail but just you know helping her understand where she's going and what's going on and um, and then how to deal with the grief in a very healthy way unusual and unlike anything I've ever seen so that book I actually just released it is right now in the hands of a major uh, movie production studio Ooh. As Yeah, they they brought it in. It's interesting how things happen. But the president of the studio ended up reading it and loved it.
1: Oh, and wow.
0: Yeah, so that's going on right now. I can't say anything because apparently they have to be the one to announce it to the world, you know, based on their legalities. But it's it's almost like taking on a life of its own, which is really exciting. And um, But the comments from the readers have been quite warm and welcoming like just people talking about grief and how they've lost people who doesn't lose people right we all do doesn't how old you are we've all lost someone and we'll lose uh, loved ones and and it's just a different way of of looking at death and dying and the people that are reading it are like oh my goodness like it's so so incredibly um unique Mm. and helpful as well and and so I'm loving that it's making a positive difference out there in the world
1: yeah well you had a little bit of John Proctor you know touching it and helping, it and maybe he's helping push it forward too in in the spirit right. world too you know so it's amazing how things work and it's so great that you were actually able to have like a relationship with your mentor and and things like that so that's really beautiful um yes. so What kind of caused you to switch from writing nonfiction to fiction? I know you kind of went back and forth with that. So what was the the premise for that?
0: Well, I've been working with authors. I also teach authors how to write books, how to bring them out to the world, either publish or self-publish, and then how to make them bestsellers and also how to earn money by being an author. And so one of one of my team members had sent me a, an email and it was a list of video topics to create short tip videos, you know, for social media channels. And on this list was the topic of how I wrote my first fiction book. And I looked at it and I would have immediately just gone to the next item on the list because I hadn't written a fiction book myself. I'd work with fiction authors. I teach how to write fiction, but I'd never written one. Mm-hmm. And or even thought about writing one. So rather than going to the next topic, I just asked myself, would I like to write a fiction book? And I thought, yes, I would. And then I asked myself, what do I need to believe in order to write a great one? Well, I need to believe that it's possible. I need to believe that I can do it and I need to see it already done in my mind's eye and and just visualize it's already a great product. And I set a, a date for completion and this, this email had come in my inbox around October 31st. And I decided I would start November 1. Mm-hmm. And by the time of November, the book was written. Now, I don't have a clear schedule. I've got a really busy schedule. I'm a busy girl, you yeah. know, with my business and everything. And so I just went into my agenda and I blocked off hours here, there, you know, got up a little earlier on some days and I wrote it. And it was the best experience I've ever had writing. What I love about writing fiction, even though it is inspired by real life events, is you can go anywhere, Yeah, right? Just go anywhere. It's just like wherever you want this to go. And, I, and there's certain different types of writers with fiction. There's some that create an outline and they've got the whole thing identified and the characters and they're all developed and all of that. And then there are discovery writers who just fingers on the keyboard and what flows, flows. And that's the way I wrote I'm a discovery writer so I I didn't even know what the book was going to be called when I started and just allowed it to flow and it was a blast and and uh, I'm very very grateful to do it and I just find it so much fun to write and what's interesting is you know I wrote the 19th book during covid the first year of covid and the next one the second year of covid and the third one in the third year of covid is that you know, fiction sales rose significantly during COVID. And it is a billion dollar business. It's 122 mm-hmm. billion dollars a year in sales for books. You probably already know all of that. But fiction books increase. And I really think it's because people want to be entertained more than educated. Yeah. And right. Escapism. So, yeah, exactly. Escapism. Exactly. So, you know, I wrote it in a way that it is an escape like you're reading about the story it starts you know the first one starts with this this girl sophie she went to the park to kill herself and then she meets this man who just appears there and that's where savvy comes in and um but that's you know that's why i switch genres and i don't know if i'll go back to writing nonfiction. maybe i get lots of ideas for books but i mm-hmm. sure do love writing fiction
1: you're definitely the jack of all trades when it comes to writing books. You can do it all. So <laughs> as long as you put your mind to it, you can get it done. Right. Um, so how long did it take you to to write your books?
0: Well, you know, I've written one of my books. I actually wrote in a weekend. Right. Um not books, but uh, I wrote a nonfiction book in the weekend. I think it, you know, it doesn't have to take years. And I think that's one of the things a lot of people believe is it's going to take years to write a book or a long, long, long time. And the answer is no, it doesn't. And so when I wrote my savvy wisdom books, I would say they probably each of them took like the first one was a couple of weeks. The third, the second one was, probably around three weeks in the fourth one, or the third one was three weeks as well. But again, it was just sort of part time here, there and everywhere in the writing process. But it really speaks to the ability that we all have to hold an idea with our will and Mm -hmm. to just block out everything else that's around you. Like I'd come in my office, I'd sit in my writing chair, which is over there in the corner, make sure the door is closed, the phone's off, no apps open and write you know, so that I'm not being disturbed in any way. And I I really believe that makes a big difference.
1: Yeah. And one of the things that you pointed out is I like how you would block off time in your schedule, you know, and that's really what people need to do in order to achieve kind of anything that they want, you know, like whether it's a business goal, you're going to block off time for like whatever your goal is, like the email setting or marketing plan, you know, block off your writing time. Like, I think that that's a really valuable tool to use in any Mm -hmm. day of your life because then you just schedule around it and it's only temporary and it's like you have already committed that to yourself and it's on the schedule and you're going to get it done and everything else works around that so I really liked that you had brought that you know tool up for when how you were writing your your book you scheduled it out for your first one
0: Absolutely. Yeah, I think it's, you know, how you approach anything is, is, uh, makes a big difference for sure. Because that's what I, you know, decided before I even started writing that type of book is I decided that I'm going to do it, I'm going to have fun with it, and I'm going to see a great product at the end rather than, because I see people approaching things and they're, they're not believing. Them that they're going to do it or that it's going to be a big challenge and they're already in their own way yeah. right like me i think it's valuable. <laughs> yeah. get it in your own way and just get on with the work and you know i really feel life is meant to be fun and you know people just aren't having fun and uh, and i think it's important nowadays especially that we inject some fun so if you're going to do it do it in a way that you're going to enjoy the process at the same time
1: No, I agree. Yeah. People need to start having more fun. We're so serious or we're so concerned about the outcome and like thinking already that it's going to be a failure before we even start doing it. I know something for me, I've always wanted to like publish a book, whether that be a fiction book or, you know, nonfiction, whatever, like self-development, you know, I'm really into that as well. And I stand in my own way for it, you know, like, oh, well, I'm just like not very good at like grammar or, right? Like, well, my like, I don't read that many books. So, how can I be a writer, you know? But I feel like it's something I, I want to do, but I get in my own way for it or like, oh, wait, that's too big of a yeah. challenge. You know, I, I can't do it. Like, how do you start it? What's the outline? Do I just write? Like, what do I do? <laughs>
0: Right. Yeah. And that's true. And and you're not alone in that. I, you know, I hear that all the time. I mean, even when I decided to write my first book, I had this little voice in my head, you know, going, who the hell do you think you are? You know, (laughs) this kind of thing. And uh, I remember telling my parents I was going to write a book and they were like, you, you're writing a book. I mean, that was their response. (laughs) Yeah obviously non-supportive, but I wasn't looking for their approval or their support. You know, I, I'd always been a little bit of a brat as a kid. Yeah. So I think that served me to some degree because I, I didn't need someone else's approval to do something. But it's definitely one of the things that prevents people from writing their books. Um, one, A big one is, you know, whether they have it in them to do it um, whether they think they're a great writer or not. You don't have to be a great writer. I absolutely know that's true. And uh, what will people think? You know, that's another one that holds a lot of people back from doing it. But, you know, the thing that I found, like, even with writing my first book, is it's such a great sense of accomplishment. Yeah. You know? And I remember writing my first book and thinking, even if nobody reads this, that's OK, because it's been such a rewarding experience just writing it you know, well, you have something
1: tangible, you know, because mm-hmm. you still have it printed out for you to have on your bookshelf, you know, and right. something that you can show, like, look what I did, you know, it's not just, I don't know, it, it it's, it's a work of art that you can still have in your hand. So it's great. And, you know, it kind of gets, I feel like it like gives you like some credit, you know, like I'm an author, you well, know, sure. You know, like kind of gets like you a little bit more credibility for whatever it is you're selling or doing or whatever, you know?
0: Absolutely true. I, just as you said that, I think that was one of the most exciting things. You know, I'd be on an airplane flying somewhere and someone say, what do you do? I'm an author. And and so it is, it, it just feels good to, to say it as well. And there's no prerequisite, right? Like what's the prerequisite desire? That's that's it. You don't have to go to school or get another degree or anything like that. You just write a book. The prerequisite is, do you want to? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, so, what has some of the feedback been from your readers?
0: Well, you know, a lot of them have been um, appreciating, especially in the 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 uh, trilogy of savvy wisdom. They appreciate that it's like watching an inspiring movie kind of ideas that they're getting brought into a story, and they really connect with with the characters. And so, and that's ultimately what you want your readers to do. And of course they're cheering for them and rooting them on. Um, but they're learning from what they're going through. Like I think about the second book that's in the series. I wrote this after I had just got out of the hospital. i had been diagnosed and this was completely unexpected. Um, it was the uh, first year of COVID. No, second year of COVID. I've been diagnosed with metastatic cancer. Oh, wow! And it was in my neck like all throughout my neck and my mouth and my tongue. Interesting. And I went through these horrific treatments. It was just a hell, a, a version of hell. And uh, of course, you know, because I'm into the personal development industry and, you know, a teacher, speaker, author on that, you know, I just use what I teach to manage through the experience. You know, I've been hospitalized for a couple of weeks. I was so sick. Um, and I got through it and no more cancer. Bye bye. It's all gone. And, you know, completely clear. And I didn't even finish the treatments because I, they made me so sick. And when I got out of the hospital, I thought, you know, a lot of people had been asking me, how did you get through that? You know, how did you get through that experience? How did you heal uh, from that? And so I thought, well, Sophie, the main character that I created in this book, I'll have her go through it. And so I wrote the sequel to, mm-hmm. to the book so that, you know, it could be a great example of, of what happens. So people that are reading the books, their response is like, Oh, my goodness, I can totally relate to that. Because and then they're telling me about their issues, you yeah. know, the things that they're, they're going through now or have gone through, or they know someone who's going through a similar situation. It's like, who do you not know who hasn't gone through cancer, right? Like that? Yeah. Secret, it just seems to be Everywhere, Mm -hmm. and I mean, some families a little more than others. Uh, My family carried the gene; like my mother had it, my father had it, my brother died from it, my sister had it, and I had it. So, hello, it was a pretty, pretty big one. So, it's something that they can relate to, and so that's what the feedback's been is how they're relating to the messages and how they're finding it's really helping them.
1: No, it's really important. You know, I was just recently diagnosed with Crohn's disease and ulcerative colitis, and it is such a mental game when it comes it to is. healing your body. You know, they say it's uncurable, but you can cure yourself without Western medicine. And right, I was having so many issues with insurance on trying to get what I needed for my treatments. And it was just roadblock after roadblock. And I'm like, well, what if this is like God's way of saying, no, I don't want you to take these this because it's like chemicals basically you're putting into your right. body you wanted to do like infusions and biologics all that stuff but what I did was I was like oh well, I'll just try like a tablet so they got me on like misalamine which is like a main basic thing I guess and I was on it for two weeks and I already had like an allergic reaction like underneath my eyes right. were swollen oh, and boy. Like, bruised And in Chinese medicine, they say that it's like your liver, you know, it's connected to that. Ah. So maybe my liver wasn't able to process it well.
0: Yes. Um, Right.
1: But the reason why I brought that up is that it is so important for your mental health in Mm -hmm. order to cure yourself, I feel like. And you brought up an example like about with you and, you know, cancer is like way more severe than than what I have, but. How I've been able to manage and live my life and, and be the mother to my children is my lifestyle, you know, my yeah. mental health, you know, doing some physical activity for myself as well as, you know, like the meditation, like the food I put yeah. in my body and just really listening to myself. And, and things don't happen to you, they happen for you. And, you know, what happened to you was a great way to show an example of how other people can, you know, conquer the things that happened to them. Um, Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you know. Like I said, um, that's my motto. They don't happen to you, it happens for you. Like what happened to me and what I have, it's not mine. It's just something that I get to experience. And it's a beautiful opportunity for me to even elevate myself even more and give me right. that drive for healing and remission and, and all those things. So um, I think it's really beautiful. The The second series sounds great too.
0: Yeah. It, I think it's really important because, you know, when I had been diagnosed, I just immediately Asked what's great about this? Where's the blessing in this? And I never identified myself as you know, I don't call myself a cancer survivor. Um, not that there's anything wrong with that. If somebody wants to identify themselves in in my mind, and it's weird, I, I suppose to some it's like, it didn't even happen to me. It happened to somebody else. I know Mm -hmm. it happened to me because, you know, I I was there, but I don't feel traumatized by it. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's something that I'm, I'm dragging the the baggage with me into today because I know that won't serve me. So it's like, I'm healed bonus. Let's get back to work. So if I see somebody I haven't seen for a while, like I saw someone the other day and they said, how are you feeling? You know, like that, you know, like you're some kind of an invalid. How are you feeling? It's like, and I was kind of puzzled, you know, why is he even talking to me like that? Yeah. And I was like, oh, right. He knew or heard that I had gone through what I went through. And I said, I feel great, like perfectly fine. I said, I'm, you know, as good as ever, you know, yeah. energetic. I'm a pretty energetic person, you know, for my yeah. age, you know, I'm a high, high energy girl. So I just feel fantastic. I don't feel like it, any degradation or any negative influence from, you know, what occurred, it happened. It is, it's in the past. Moved on, yeah. so you know. You learn have to
1: something. let go of that in order to to stay healed. I feel like you know you have to let it go. If you're carrying it over with you, it's just you're just going to repeat the cycle again. So it's it's really important. Yes.
0: Yeah, agreed. Agreed. You're so right. And you know, really, what it also speaks to is we can take these experiences that are not you know desirable or not our best life experiences but use them for the good for the greater good and that's what I did you know like I wasn't hiding the fact to my audience or my you know my subscribers or my clients that I had it I was mm-hmm. very vo- very clear this is what I'm doing this is what I'm going to go through and I brought in guest teachers for some of my classes and you know I because they were wondering well, how did she get cancer you know she's the positive thinking girl or whatever it's like you know it it happened and i yeah. know why it happened actually it was uh, something that was brought on by stress like i'm a i love real estate and i had at that time i had multiple properties and i started having challenges with two of them and they weren't little challenges they were major challenges and, and my husband and i were really frustrated with what was going on mm-hmm. and i know i went through this period of time where i was feeling stress stress is a destroyer i mean yeah. it'll just contaminate everything in its in its path so it is what it is. Learned, got the t-shirt, moved on.
1: Yeah, no, I know what you mean. I feel like I'm currently going through a divorce and I think a lot of like what my problems were was just like kind of like narcissistic relationship abuse right. type of things that can cause stress. And yeah. so it was just like you know piling and piling and piling. And then I was just like, I just got really sick out of nowhere. And I was just like, what is going on? I lost like a ton of weight and didn't know what was going on. And I was just like really fatigued. Anyway, I don't need to go into the details, but, you know, also knowing what your triggers are and what's happening. But the important message that you said there was stress, whether that's real estate stress, relationships stress, just circumstances in life stress can really, you know, cause your body havoc, you know, a disease oh, is yeah. your body is at dis-ease. Like you're, you're not listening. You're yeah. uncomfortable, you know, and you know, with, with an illness, it's like just triggering everything inside. It's all from inflammation and inflammation is caused by a disease. So, or caused yes. by stress. so anyway, yeah, I'm switching kind of getting far off topic here, but I love what we're talking about. Um, But I really want to know, will there be another book in the series?
0: Well, you know, what's interesting is I I had a call recently from uh, a producer, and this is all part of this, you know, studio that has the book right now. And they said to me, get ready to come to L.A. And uh, so they wanted to sort of plant the seed that I'm going to be going there. And secondly, they want to know what your next book is. (laughs) So and so i was like oh okay i mean i just released book number 21 and it wasn't that long ago that i wrote it and i hadn't really been thinking of the next one but i i suspect the studio wants to know because you know it could end up becoming a series or another movie mm-hmm. or or whatever so i do have an idea for a 22nd book and i won't say what it is cuz it'll give away something of the 23rd First. or no my First book, yeah, but I am. Uh, it'll be another uh, fiction book, and it'll be a carry-on from this. I'm not going to have it be part of a, the series per se. It'll be another book, but if anyone's read Savvy Wisdom, it'll be like, oh yeah, this makes sense because they've read the other books.
1: So, how can people get their hands on Savvy Wisdom?
0: You just go to Amazon. They're all up on Amazon and all the Amazon sites now. Savvy is a name; it's not a word. So Savvy Wisdom, it's S A B Y, And the reason why it's called Savvy Wisdom is because Savvy's a character. Mm -hmm. And so it stands for Stephen Alexander Vaughn. That's the main uh, guru that helps uh, this girl, Sophie. And they're all up on amazon.com.
1: Awesome. Well, Peggy, thank you so much for coming on this episode of Smarts Authors on Show. It was such a fruitful conversation. And all of Peggy's leaks are down below in the show notes. Don't be shy. Go say hi. And I hope to see you guys in the next one. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of Book Smart's Authors on Show here on the In the Limelight Podcast Network, where we enlighten, entertain, and educate our listeners. Please remember to like, share, and subscribe, and don't forget to tell your friends.